Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Anal Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Starr, and today I'm going to be doing an artist evolutionary breakdown of one of my favorite rappers, um, Belly. Now, I pause because I don't want to consider him an underground artist because as of 2018, he was signed to Rock Nation, which, as you all know, is Jay-Z's label, and um, he's also a active artist under the XO label, which is the Weekends label, the Weekends handle. Um, and he actually contributes to a great majority of the Weekend songs. I know he co-wrote most of the ones that were on um, Beauty Behind the Madness. They actually write a lot for each other. So they alternate going back and forth, writing for each other. Um, and they're featured on each other's songs constantly. Um, Belly is a very, very, very underrated artist, in my opinion. I know that I really didn't get into him from the the very beginning. Um, I actually only found out about him when I started getting into the weekend and noticed that there was an extra person on some of his tracks or his name would be listed as a writer. So I decided to do my own research. So this is really an artist that I kind of found on my own. Usually, when I uh, get involved with an artist, uh, somebody has to introduce me to them. You know, somebody plays a song for me and says, hey, you got to check this person out. Or, you know, someone gives me a recommendation. But Belly is the artist that I actually kind of discovered on my own. And for the longest time, try to get other people into listening to him. Uh, but nothing really stuck. And it has nothing to do with his artistry. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal lyricist. Um but I, it's just, I guess, people just got to be on that level to really appreciate the true artistry there. Um, one thing that I kind of wanted to get into before I got into the um, the albums, uh, he did a couple of mixtapes, not mixtapes, oh Lord, excuse me, freestyles for a variety of radio shows, uh, one of them being uh, Funk Master Flex. Uh, this was pre-written. He said in his interview that on his way to the studio to do the interview with uh, Flex, he was jotting down just notes to do for a freestyle. So it technically wasn't a freestyle freestyle, but it was nonetheless phenomenal in, in the lyricism. So if you ever get around to getting on a YouTube or just Googling, you know, funk flex, belly freestyle. Uh, he's a he's a nice plump guy with a nice round face, high cheekbones. He's always wearing glasses um, and his hair is uh, braided in French braids. Um and I think in that particular video, he has like a black denim jacket and a black bandana tied around his uh, forehead. For my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, that's what uh, his attire is for that particular freestyle. Um, but it's, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of work. He's an amazing lyricist. And actually, the same year that he got signed to Rock Nation, maybe even before that, I want to say 2017, um, was the first time I actually heard one of his songs being played on the radio. And I was very, very excited because even still at about this time, people were still kind of sleeping on the weekend. So whenever I heard a weekend song play on the radio or playing in a department store, I would get very, very excited. So to hear Belly on the radio, uh, at the time, the song that was playing was Ballerina, which is off of his um, Another Day in Paradise album. Uh, the artwork for that is a block of red. There's a woman in the center with like a flower in her hair. She looks some kind of Hispanic Latino type. Um, the flower looks like a magnolia maybe, and she kind of looks undead. So she looks very skeletal. Um, but no, that song is actually very, very lovely. But I do want to start from the beginning. So before I go into uh, up um, Another Day in Paradise, I want to start from where I first heard him, which would be Up For Days. Now, Up For Days was the mixtape slash album following one that he had put out before called Sleepless Nights. Now, I didn't get around to listening to Sleepless Nights because, like I said, I didn't really get into him until after I got into The weekend. and by then, he had already put out Up For Days, which was his newest project. Um, and songs on that, I actually was so obsessed with the lyricism and the music within this album that I actually rewrote to a lot of them. Um... So I wrote to No Options, Might Not, and Love Kills, which are my top three songs from this project. Um, and it just, it was inspirational. Not 
so much in the fact that, you know, this guy is like an underground artist. No one really knows about him. And he's kind of ducked under the uh, under the rat. He's slept, slept, swept under the rug. But just, I haven't heard great lyricism like this in such a long time. So I'm going to take just a, a itty bitty piece of Love Kills, which is a beautiful song. Um, he says, um, the realest high is being high alone. Uh, born alone, die alone. Born alone, I'm alone. I'm sorry. Uh, the realest high is being high alone. Take a second. You should take a second. You already took one. Trying to take a second. You over here waiting. They're over there hating. You fly to L.A. That's Californication. Now, it sounds a lot better when he says it. Uh, and I don't want to seem biased, but I am a humongous fan of this man. Um, take a second. You should take a second. You already took one. Trying to take a second is not like just nonsense repetition. He's basically saying, you know, slow down. You know, you popping these pills back to back. You're going to overdo it. You know what I'm saying? You need to take it slow, step by step. Don't try to catch up with the rest of the party. Work at your own pace. You know, um, you over there waiting. They over there hating. You fly to LA. That's Californication. You waiting for all of these pills to, to take an effect while the bitches in the corner are hating on you and everything that you got going on right now because they're under the impression that your life is just so perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really think that they really think that you got it all figured out. Well, the truth is you don't. And even just before I even get back into this, it made me think back to that Future versus The Weekend episode that I did with my brother where he uh, labels The Weekend and Future being rappers or artists who make music about drugs, women, and then women who do drugs. Belly is actually more relevant to that theory or that statement than The Weeknd would be. Yes, The Weeknd makes music about doing drugs and doing women and doing women who are doing drugs, but Belly is much more, at least in the very beginning. This is still like mixtape number two, album number one, fresh out the gate, but still underground type thing. So in the very beginning, that's where his mindset was. And XO, if you know the history of XO for one, the X. And the O do not stand for hugs and kisses. It actually stands for ecstasy and oxycodone, which are two very, very powerful, very, very hallucinogen, very, very highly addictive drugs. And this label, this group, this, you know, company of people based their entire reputation off of those two narcotics. So they talk about drugs a lot, but that's literally their name, ecstasy and oxycodone or oxycotton. Um, so it, it base, they base their entire, whatever it is that they do is engulfed in that. So Belly being the artist that he is, the writer that he is, like I said, he, write, he writes for The weekend constantly. A lot of that is going to be parallel in his own music as well because that's the type of lifestyle that they were living. And even if I were to dive into other EXO artists like Nav or Black Atlas, it's all the same kind of feeling. It's all the same tone. Well, no, it's not the same tone, the same thing. It's about doing drugs hard, fast, hitting the ground running. And it's also being like caught up in these terrifying situations where you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So you're panicking, but at the same time, you want to keep your, keep your composure because there's other people in the room watching you. Um, I do want to get into this song just a little bit because I do think that it's so beautiful, but I also want to get, I have a long list of songs here. So um, I did end up writing, uh, rewriting this song in my own sense. The song is called Love Kills. The chorus goes, that's why she wanted to take the pain away. Drugs, pills, alcohol, trying to numb her body because love kills. Love, and she wants it in the worst way. High heels. She take it all. She just wants your money because the love kills. So basically, this is about a woman who, it's basically, it's like a weekend song. And that's maybe, and maybe that's why I love Belly so much because he, him and The weekend are parallel in the minds. They have the same mindset. They have the same goal and vision. Now, 
Um, I don't want to compare the two of them too much because lately the weekend has been going more toward the pop and rock genre while Belly sticks with the rap. Like that is his foundation. That is what he bases his entire persona and character on. But because they write for each other, they write on each other's songs and each other's projects constantly. That mindset is 100% identical. They're going to be talking about the same thing. So if you were to go back to like Trilogy and pull a song from there, you hear The Weeknd talking about maybe himself or maybe somebody else who's using drugs, money, and alcohol as an escapism from the harsh reality of, I don't have my shit all the way together. I'm really, really trying to get my shit all the way together, but it's so hard when no one wants to give me a break and no one wants to help me out. I'm really just doing everything on my own and for myself. And the only people that I can find to be around me who can stand and tolerate my presence and my company are the same people who want to fill my veins up with drugs, fill my lungs, fill my lungs, Lord, fill my liver up with alcohol and fill my body with toxins that I physically, mentally, and emotionally just can't handle. So this would be the type of song describing that type of girl and he's just watching her waste away. Now, this song does also feature Jules Santana and his verse is very, very explicit. It's very over-sexualized. It's very, very graphic. Um, What did he say? He said, this is Jules Santana now. Love, K-I-L-L-S, but we'd rather die having sex. So I kill that pussy, and she fucks me, and she just fucks me to death. And it keeps going. I don't want to get into it because it's it's really, it's a lot of, like, getting in the guts type sexy talk. And it's just like, bro, that doesn't fit the tone of this song at all. But I digress. Um, so it, I remember being in college and this a project came out and I was listening to it nonstop all day, every day. And I couldn't even fathom the idea that somebody was so great lyrically. And I wish I would have taken the time to appreciate this project more. I might even go back and listen to it again because some, so many of these songs that I have just embedded into my brain, tattooed against my skull, that it's so hard to just shake that and forget it. So it's it's nostalgic. Even though it's only been five years since this project was released, it still very much reminds me of a time where even though I did not have all of my shit together, I was trying, I was putting in the effort, I was fighting and trying to just get my shit together. But the only people who I had really around me were, you know, just obsessed with party culture and going out and doing extravagant things. And no one was really worried about how you were feeling, but rather what you were doing or what you weren't doing. So it's pretty relatable. Uh, Let's go ahead to the next project. This is 2016, Another Day in Paradise. The songs that I have selected to speak on specifically would be All Love, Ballerina, you and barely sober. Now, you is featured uh with Kalani, which she has a very very beautiful voice. It's very very like sensual and relaxing, but it's not too like angelic. Like it's not baby cloud soft, but it's kind of like cotton candy soft, you know? Um but she's a very like her lyrics are venomous. So she strikes with intention to kill with her words, but her voice is so pleasing to the ear that it kind of draws you in. Um, so for this particular song, uh, I remember the video for it coming out. And it was, it was a very simple video. It was just the two of them kind of in like a ballroom scene. There's a bunch of red curtains kind of fluttering and flickering everywhere. And it's just like a standard music video. Uh, he comes in with his first verse. I said, show me something because these hoes be fronting, but they got nothing on you. Pussy's so good, make me turn around. Yeah, you know that I'm busting at you. You turn. Uh, she go to college way down in Miami. She always repping at you, university. Uh, and I fuck with less than a few. I really can't settle for less than a few what you want to do. Should I probably come to you when it comes to you? I learned this game from a T all because of you. Now I'm buying V's, celebrating all these W's. That's a very, very interesting play on words. And I think that's another thing that I appreciate about him is his, he has amazing metaphors and he has 
amazing like word choice, use of words correctly. There's another song that I'm thinking about right now that I have to wait to get into because I wanted to hit these first. Um, but I'm going to jump to Ballerina, which is the song that that kind of went mainstream in 2016 and was playing on all of the radio stations. And I can remember just being so excited and I'm in the car driving. Nobody else knows who this guy is or what, you know, what's going on. But I'm just so, so, so thrilled to hear that he's finally getting some recognition. Um, so the pre-chorus goes, she mixed that red and white wine like the Catalina, which is a clear and obvious reference to Step Brothers, the Catalina wine mixer. And this song has been verified and analyzed by him on Genius. So this isn't my words. I'm not analyzing this myself. This is coming directly from him, from his verified analysis of this song. So there is no confusion of where I got my information from. But even if you, even if he didn't say it, when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's a stepbrother reference. The Catalina wine mixer. Like, it was probably one of the more iconic things about that movie, but I digress. Um, See, you call her a stripper. That's my ballerina. See, that's your stage, but that's my arena. That's not a stripper. That's my ballerina. So according to him... Whenever he, you know, would go out to strip clubs and nightclubs and things like that, and he would be tipping the dancers and everything else, some of them would come to him and say, you know, hey, I know that you see me as a dancer, but I see myself as something a bit more. So he was like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, a bit more of a polite way of saying what I'm, what you know what I'm saying, the entertainment-wise. So it was like, you'd rather be called a ballerina because ballerinas are like elegant and graceful and beautiful and they're held to a much higher standard and they have much more like, I guess, class and dignity. That's me slingshotting this shit uh, versus a stripper, which sounds, you know, like degrading and repulsive and these women have no respect for themselves and they're all skanky and slutty and blah, 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 blah. So basically he's saying that strippers would prefer to be called ballerinas over strippers because it makes them feel better about themselves type shit. But even still, the concept of this is a stripper, but that's my ballerina. You you go to see um, ballerinas perform on stage as like a form of art and you admire the the athleticism, the talent, the acting and the performance that's portrayed on stage. Basically what he's saying is what's the difference between you going to see, you know, Swan Lake and me going to, uh, I don't know, a fucking strip club name, <laughs> something, King of Diamonds. Okay. What's the difference between you going to go see Swan Lake and me going to, going to King of Diamonds to see and admire these beautiful and radiant women who putting in so much work and so much energy and so much time and effort into their craft to make it beautiful for us, for our entertainment, for our enjoyment. So you're basically connecting two, word, two worlds with one underlying theory that at the end of the day, these women are putting in time and energy to make their work successful for the entertainment of those in the audience and them being on the stage to perform. It's all the same thing. And who the hell would have thought to compare strippers to ballerinas? Like, it seems almost unlawful. Like, you shouldn't do it. Like, it's a crime against humanity. But when you really think about it, those two worlds are very different in the types of entertainment. But it is still women dancing on stage. And you have to be strong as hell to do both because ballerinas go through intensive workouts and diets and they go to chiropractors and physical therapists, strippers, you know, they got to put in extra overtime to make sure that they're on. I don't know if you've seen the shit that these strippers be doing, but it looks like you got to be strong as hell to do it. So I applaud both women in both job fields because I know good and goddamn well that I couldn't do that shit, but I digress. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the next album. This is probably my favorite album. Insomnia. Insomnia, which is, is very hard to pronounce, but it's like insomnia, but it's like zombie instead of insomnia. But this also came out in 2016. I can actually remember uh, when it first came out. I was working in retail at the time. 
I was a stock associate, so I spent most of my time in the back room listening to music on my phone. And I remember listening to Rhea, which is actually featuring Nav, which for some reason in the EXO fan base fandom, he is like the most hated artist. I have no idea why EXO fans hate him so much, but I first of all, I think he's adorable. Second of all, he is a great lyricist. He's not, he's like a post Malone. So he doesn't rap, but he doesn't sing. He kind of does a weird combination of the two. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know why people hate him so much, but I do. And just a really quick tangent on Nav, 2018 was probably his best year. He went on a solo tour, sold out in every single city that he went to and even hit, I think, a million streams on like his Spotify or something like that. So he, 2018 was very, very good to him. And he did very, very well all by himself. Cause usually when he goes on tour, he goes on tour with Belly or with The Weeknd or with somebody else. But this was his, like he was headlining this tour type shit. So uh, congratulations and kudos to him for doing a very successful job in 2018. But this song, Reup, is probably my favorite song off of the Insomnia album. Um, I love the way it comes in. It's very, very like cruisy. So it's like a nice, mellow, melodic like tone. And then he, Belly comes in. There's no rapping in the song. It's all singing. And Belly comes in real, real smooth and, and sensual. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm going to skip straight to the first verse, which is Nav's verse. Uh, born alone, die alone. I let the drugs take my soul. First time I bought some weed, I was sold. If I get forty thousand for a show, I'm scared I'll be I'll spend twenty thousand on some dope. Now, when I first heard this, I kind of imagined like a pipsqueak, small, petite, uh, nerdy-looking guy with like really nice clothes and really nice shoes, and his hair is done up really, really well. When I saw Nay for the first time, I was like, "What?" So he's he's like a he looks like Aziz Ansari. I'm not even gonna trip. He looks like if Aziz Ansari was a rapper and just a little bit chunkier in the face. He has really, really puffy cheeks, really, really small eyes, which is probably why he's always wearing sunglasses. He is like uh, Indian or like Middle Eastern, I want to say. I don't want to get his ethnicity wrong. I'm just going off of what I see. And he'll, he'll say the brown boy. And usually when you refer to someone being brown, they're, referred to, they're Indian. So um, it's somewhere in that region for sure. Uh and I just, it, his, his face did not match his voice, it, which threw me off. But the same way that I got into Belly from The weekend, I got into Nav through Belly. And I was like, he actually makes some really good music on his own. He can hold his own weight. So the fact that people don't like him is just astonishing to me. But I digress. Uh, and this, and this, the first part of this verse basically speaks out to being a newly discovered artist with a major label you know, and people are kind of like have high expectations for you. Because as far as I understand Nav's story is Cash, who is the weekend's manager, and he also manages Belly, discovered him and kind of pulled him into the team. So once he got like his official initiation into EXO, he started pushing out content almost immediately. So it was a lot of pressure from people in his label to see him succeed. And like I said, he's done very well for himself. Um... And, you know, being young and being in such an environment where everybody's already excelling and doing great things and, and propelling past you, you get tempted by the lifestyle. And you see all of these women and all of this, these drugs and all of these drinks, and you're going out every single night. You're making yourself exhausted. You're not really thinking long term. You're not really thinking oh, maybe I should put some of my money to the side or invest in something that I really am interested in. Or You don't think like that because you just want to live like that super high, fast lifestyle because you're only young for so long before your age starts to catch up with you. And then the reality is you're like in your mid-40s with no money and no talent. So you're, you're, you're psyching yourself out into thinking that, you know, this is all that I have right now. But the reality is there's so much more for you to get yourself into that you don't have to rush what you have right now. You can kind of take your time with it. Um, and then going off of that, I remember seeing an interview with Belly when he first came out. 
and he would do performances. He would always do them in like silk robes and house shoes, like basketball shorts and, and, and t-shirts. Like he, his look would be very, very comfortable. Um, he said that he did that because, you know, he wanted people to see him as that type of person, this like laid back, easygoing, like, but still fun and in your face kind of guy. But then as the years progressed and his career started to take off, he wanted a better image of himself. Like he wanted people to see him in a better light. So I follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Um, he'll post videos of his like workout schedule and he's cooking his own food. So he completely changes up his diet and his workout. He lost a tremendous amount of weight. Um, he is Muslim. So uh, whenever they go through Ramadan, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want anybody coming for me because I don't fucking know. Um, there's a there's a moment of fasting in there somewhere. So that contributes to his weight loss um, in some form or fashion. And he's just working on better, taking better care of himself. I know that recently um, on his Twitter, he posted that he's have he has a new album in the works that's supposed to be coming out soon. It's called See You Next Wednesday. Um, but before he made the release for that album, he made this really long post about how he kind of let himself go and he wasn't really taking good care of himself physically or mentally or emotionally. And he had to take some time away from work because he's a workaholic. He put in more hours than any other artist on the XO label because he writes and produces for these other artists as well. Um, so he's like, I just need to take a step back and really work on getting myself together before I can come back out here and, and do what I do best for you guys. You know, every artist has that breaking point where they just need some time to remind themselves why they started doing what they're doing in the first place. Because success like this, major success, will really drive you crazy and it will really make you question everything that's ever happened in your entire life. So for him, that was his moment. And that was earlier this year. Of course, everybody's on quarantine and everybody's in... Um, off the streets and in their house. So he has plenty of time to recuperate and find himself. Um, and I'm glad to see that he hasn't given up entirely on music because, like I said, he is a phenomenal lyricist. Um, I'm trying to get a song that's really going to get y'all to see what I see. And I think I got the one that's coming up. But um, another song off of Insomnia is Consuela. Now, this song features... Oh, darn, I lost the page on the, whatchamacallit. Now, this song features Young Thug. I'm not a fan of Young Thug at all. Like, I don't really care for his flow, his style, his overall character. It's just a big fuck no for me. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling it at all. And, and I just can't get over this, this character that he portrays himself to be. It's just, it's excessive, and it's unnecessary, but that's just my opinion. Now, my brother, who I've had on my podcast a couple of times before, is a humongous Young Thug fan. This song also features a, a guy called Coke Boy Jack. Lord. Um, and we were having this conversation about uh, Belly, because I was trying to tell him, I'm trying to convince people how underrated he is and that he needs more attention. Um, but knowing that he's a big Young Thug fan, I played this song for him. This is a very fun and a very silly song. The music video is actually inspired by Nacho Libre, which is that Jack Black movie of him being a, a luchador. So it's the fun. It's a very, very funny song. So if you're looking for serious lyricism, you're not going to find it here. But if you want to have a good time and, and get drunk as fuck and like pass out, then this is that type of song. So it's called Consuela. Because he says in the hook, I think I'm falling for Consuela. Like, he's he's drunk as hell off, like, the, the strongest tequila, the strongest rum, the strongest liquors. And he's hallucinating and shit. And, and he just kind of topples over. And somewhere along the lines of all of that, he, he, he winds up in the Nacho Libre uh, scenery. And he, he's actually playing Jack Black's character. And... He, he went through all the motions of, of the movie, the scenes, the clothes, the hair. It's really some silly shit, but it's very, very, like, it very shows, like, the human side of artists when they can actually get silly for a minute. Uh, and I can appreciate the silly. It's not, it's not a bad song at all. It's actually a very, very great song, but it's not meant to be taken as seriously as, say, uh, Re-Up, because that song is a bit more personal. 
Um, so let's move forward because this is the album that I have been dying to get to. This came out in 2017. It's Mumble Rap. And 2017 was actually a very good time to release an album with this title because when you hear mumble rap, you think of like Migos, Future, um, you know, Ray Shermerd, maybe a young thug. Artists who kind of just like slur all their words together or talk really fast or talk really slow. So you really, they're not really saying anything. And it's polar opposite what he's doing here because all of the songs on the album are significant. The one that really, really stood out to me, I had three of them written down. It's Make a Toast, Lullaby, and P.O.P. But I really, really want to focus on Lullaby because that is probably the song. I remember, okay, here's a great little story scenario. I remember being in my father's living room, playing on my phone, just like listening to this album in the background of like, you know, playing a game or something like that. And my brother was in the room as well. I was listening to um, P.O.P., I think, which P.O.P. stands for Power of Pussy, which if you're a guy, and I'm going to get to that here in just a second, but if you're a guy or if you're a girl, then you can relate to the P.O.P., so to speak. And my brother was like, bro, what the hell are you listening to? Like, this shit is, what the fuck is this? And I was like, hold on. I paused that, went to the album, went to Lullaby, and I let this play through. And as a matter of fact... Um, my boyfriend's brother was driving in the car with us. The three of us were driving in the car, going somewhere, and that song was just so happened to be playing in the background. And he's a real hardcore, like, heartless, street-tough type of guy. And he was even like, bro, I like that shit. What is that? So you really, it really kind of shows you the range that Belly possesses and that perspective that you may or may not have on him based off of what you hear first. So if you hear lullaby first, you're like, damn, that dude can really like, he's really good. But if you hear P.O.P. first, you're like, bro, what the fuck is this? And not to say that P.O.P. isn't a good song, but kind of like Consuela, it's a little silly. You know, the, the music video for P.O.P. is uh, has snippets and scenes from The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, the scene where Margot Robbie is sitting in the on the floor in the nursery and Leonardo DiCaprio is like crawling to her and she slowly opens her leg and he like passes out or like faints to the floor type shit. It's that type of energy going. But I want to dive into some lyrics to Lullaby for just a second. I might dive into this for longer than a second, to be honest. So the first verse goes, shit been sticky lately. Nikki hating, Nikki baby, I was Nikki crazy. Had dreams of menage and both, but they've been missing lately. Off the liquor. Oh, darn. I'm sorry. This is the wrong song. <laughs> Holy shit. I knew that didn't sound right. I'm so sorry. That was not Lullaby. That was The Come Down Is Real too, which is a good song, but that's not the song that I want to talk about. Um, so, okay. So, this is Lullaby. Uh, he said, his verse comes in. Wonder if God heard me pray when I was trying to repent. If he didn't, I know he heard my mother cry over rent. Then you wonder why the mood inside this room is so tense. No offense, but I don't really got nowhere to go vent. Oh, yeah, success is like a drug, and I've been high on the scent. Feel like I've wasted all the money and the time that I've spent. Maybe tears inside my eyes had me bond with revenge. Told her even if we crash, I'm a ride to the end. That right there, I wonder if God heard me pray when I was trying to repent. If he didn't, I know he heard my mother cry over rent. I'm trying to be a better version of myself, to be a better person, but I feel like my prayers for guidance and mercy are going unanswered. Meanwhile, I have people in my life who are close to me who don't want to see me fall and, you know, fail, weeping over things that they can't control. Like, none of our prayers are being answered. We're all stuck in this hellhole together, and none of us but me deserve that shit. Like, it's very, very personal. This song is extremely, extremely, extremely personal. I'm going to skip down just a, a squiggity bit, uh, go into the um, verses just a little bit more. Abusing drugs, never thinking I was dope enough. 
She over me when I'm the one that she's supposed to love. At least my heart broke enough for the both of us. And here's the thing. Hold on. I got to stop one more time. Like I said, he's he's a bit of a brute. He's a, he's a big guy. And you don't expect, you know, men of any size or stature, but especially not big, broody men to be so emotional. And I don't want to confuse that with sensitivity, be, but there's also nothing wrong with men expressing their emotions verbally or, you know, artistically, however they can. And the fact that he's such a brute is like you don't expect this big, tough guy to come with such some real deep shit. Like, and that's all that he puts out, really, is really, really deep shit. Okay, I'm a, I must get done a little bit more. Uh, they told me play your part. Boy, we different. You smart. Let her put lay. Let her lay in your bed. Don't ever let that bitch in your heart. Still around the same ones that I was with from the start. Though the distance got us drifting apart. Felt betrayed. Swear to God, till this day, man, this shit hits my heart. Wanted to shine so bad that I got lost in the dark. That sounds like something like, you know, you're finally reaching your success. You finally made it out of that hole. And people who were encouraging you are still like encouraging you to your face, but behind closed doors, it's like they resent you. They hate you. They envy you because you had something spectacular within yourself that they couldn't possess no matter how hard they tried. And it's like you don't deserve the out that you've been trying to fight, like to get so... It's it's this ultimate like betrayal. And I feel like a lot of artists go through this, especially if they have a lot of long-term friends who've been with them since day one. Some of them will turn their backs on them purely out of jealousy, purely out of hate, purely out of envy, whatever. Some of them will stick around because they support the cause and they want to contribute to the success and not feed off of it like leeches or tumors. But not everybody is built the same way, so it's kind of fucked up when you really think about the people who were there for you and who are still there for you to support you and then the ones who are there for you and secretly hate you and only stick around so they can mooch off of all of your success that they didn't even contribute to. It's a humongous slap to the face. Let me get to my favorite, my favorite line of this song. I'm going to go a couple of lines before, but I'm going to stop right after I get done to it. Um, Running around town looking for some shit we can start. Any issue, I was right there with it. I bought my dream house, but I've been having nightmares in it. The game is ugly. Just tell me why you can't love me or why the fuck you're ashamed of me. You can't judge me. That's why I stay numb. And the smartest thing I ever did was play dumb. That right there was like, bruh. How the fuck can you not like this guy? Like, that's why I stay numb. That's why I'm always getting high, getting drunk, getting out of my head, wasted, passing out, falling over. Or that's why I just don't fuck with nobody. He said in the interview, he's a workaholic. He don't like going out to nightclubs. He don't like being around a whole lot of people. He'd rather be in the studio, working on records, making beats, writing music, and going home and going to sleep. Like, that's what he he said in an interview around the time, maybe before this album came out, um, and a little bit of the ways afterwards. But I love that line. The smartest thing I ever did was play dumb. Because if people don't think that you know what's going on, then they'll tell you anything. Because they'll either think that you're not going to register, you're not going to remember it, or you're not going to connect the dots from one thing to the next And they'll really just give themselves away. So for you to be in a situation where you kind of have a hard time trusting people because people aren't as honest or as noble as they say that they are, and you catch them slipping, that's like the ultimate just like wave of euphoria is success. Like finally, I can see through your bullshit. Your true colors are coming out. You will never hear from me from the beginning. And I love that line, too. I bought my dream house, but I've been having nightmares in it. That's that's beautiful. And it's, it's, it's simplistic, yes, but it's also, like, clever in the sense that you wouldn't even register that regularly. I bought my dream house, 
but I've been having nightmares in it. I've I've reached the point in my life where I would consider myself a success, so much so that I was able to relocate to a better uh, neighborhood, get my mother or my family or whoever, you know, better than what they had, what they deserve and what they have, you know, is is worth more than what they had before. And it's all because of me and I'm so proud of myself and everyone is so proud of me. Why do I still feel like I'm spiraling? into a void, into a vortex of nothing. Like, why do I still feel like I'm sinking and collapsing and colliding with myself? What is, what is missing? You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's just, it's beautiful. Like, the nigga makes beautiful-ass music, and it breaks my goddamn heart that nobody takes this man seriously. It breaks my heart. It shatters it to pieces. I can't make it make sense. The only thing that I know for sure is that this nigga is just underrated. And he's always been underrated. I'm, I'm going to finish up with uh, Lullaby. I highly, highly, highly recommend people go listen to Mumble Rap. It is such a great album. And there is one more song on Mumble Rap that I want to get to before I move on to the last album. Uh, and that would be P.O.P., obviously. Uh, now, this song, like I said, is kind of silly, but... I got to thinking about it when WAP came out. And ironically, they're both acronym songs. They both stand for something else. Um, and just the amount of shit that Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion were getting for making a song about their own pussies and how they can use their vaginas to their advantage to get whatever they wanted from men, whether it be money, whether it be stability, whether it be you know a materialistic thing, houses, cars, clothes, shoes, etc., or just to turn niggas out just to say that they did for their own pleasure and gain and for their own benefit. That was such a problem for society to accept. But this man literally has a song where he's talking about the exact same thing, but from the man's perspective. Here's the first verse. Perfection personified. I was powerless in her presence. That was a great uh, use of alliteration right there. Um, Acting all possessive, I tried to buy her possessions. Just a peasant possessed by the power that she possesses presented in my heart and she broke it like a profession. They are literally talking about the exact same thing. There is no difference between WAP and POP. The only difference is perspective. In WAP, it is the woman saying that this right here, this forbidden fruit, this golden goose can manipulate any and everybody in this room if I wanted to. Men and women alike. I can use it to my advantage. I can use it to break niggas down, to end relationships, to start a war, to end a war, to get literally anything and everything that I want. And all I have to do is snap my fingers and it's there. This nigga said that he would literally give them Anything and everything they wanted, his heart, his love, his soul, his body, his mind included. And she could destroy him and that would just be the end of it. There is no difference. There is absolutely no difference. So the fact that people, and again, Belly is, I'm not going to call him underground because he's not. But this album really didn't get a whole lot of attention But this song should have gotten so much. And I'm not even going to say that it didn't get attention because I knew people who were listening to this. People that I didn't even know who knew who Belly was were listening to P.O.P. Because he's talking about that type of woman. He's talking about Cardi B. He's talking about Meg Thee Stallion. He fucking had Black China in his music video. He was talking about her. Like... It is, there's no difference. There's no difference. So the hypocrisy has got to end somewhere because if this nigga can literally say, I'm going to the second verse. She had champagne dreams, bottles she can't afford. Oh no, not anymore. Now she models for Ford. Met a rich European, even got her Dior, Gucci, Prada galore. Went and bought out the stores. 18, but she was mature. Half a mil on decor, dripping sauce, the vintage Porsche parked in front of the porch. Hit a lick, hit a lick. Then she hit mission abort. She ain't in love anymore. That's more than he can afford. Literally, 
You, you that that song, get that bread, get that hat, and leave. That's exactly what this is right here. That's this is the foundation of any song about a woman who is using what she has to get what she wants. And yeah, that's a terrible quote from the Players Club, but we're also not talking about just flat out prostitution. We're talking about women who invest their time, their bodies into these long lasting relationships and then make the decision spontaneously to end said relationship after they've possessed a certain amount of objects. And these objects aren't always materialistic. In this sense, yes, it is very materialistic, but that's not always the case. Some women will get into a relationship with men just to ruin their lives. Some women will get into a relationship with men because they actually care about these men. Some women will get into relationships just to have babies by these men. Now they can't go anywhere. And some women just do it because they want to. They enjoy that that lifestyle, that high-maintenance, high-class lifestyle that a lot of women are chasing after these days is exactly the type of woman that he is talking about in this song. And he completely got away. He literally says that's the power of pussy over and over again. And that's that didn't bother nobody. That wasn't an issue for nobody. But heaven forbid Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion say something about their wet-ass pussies and the entire world is having a fucking heart attack. But I'm not here to discuss the hip, hip, hypocrisy of WAP versus POP because... These are two different, this is 2016, 2017. This was three years ago. And the evolution of it hasn't even changed in the slightest bit. Because if a woman talks, if a woman would have made POP in 2017, it would have been a humongo Matumbo deal. But if a man would have came out with WAP in 2020, it wouldn't have even gotten looked over more than once. And I just think that's kind of fucked up. Nothing against... Belly, I'm sure this wasn't his intentions. I absolutely guarantee that it wasn't. He was just making a song about some shit that he loves. And that's pussy. And I think that that's okay. And Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion were just making a, the same song about their own shit. And I think that's fine too. Um, I'm going to get into the last album, which was Immigrants. Now, this is me being unbiased, but also biased. Um... This album didn't hit me as hard as I would have liked for it to. Um, the songs that I wrote to, to uh, shine the light on was Who Hurt You, What Does It Mean, and Maintain. Now, Who Hurt You and What Does It Mean, I, I connect those two songs together. Um, they're both very, very emotional. They're both, they're both very, very personal. And they both kind of show him even though he's had so much success over the past couple of years and, you know, life seems to be going very well for him, he's still dealing with a lot of internal damage. He still has his own demons to fight. He still has, you know, things that he needs to overcome within himself to be a better person. He's not 100% all the way there just yet. And that's fine because we're all humans and we all need time to reevaluate ourselves. So perhaps that was what those two songs, for me anyway, that's what they represent is reevaluation, especially who hurt you because it's like, it's very, very personal. The song is very, very dark. It actually samples the zone from the weekend, those wails and howls of, you know, just agony and tension, um, followed by some very, very um, passionate lyrics that he just kind of spews out in every direction. And it's just, you really got to take it to heart. So the first verse goes, they sold me dreams, tell them keep the change. Evil in their veins, they don't bleed the same. Greed and fame, we should really feel ashamed. Buying Cubans, most my people still in chains. Convos with God, squad, rod, and tartar. She been going hard, got a nose like an aardvark. Chopped off, looking like a man on the crosswalk, arms crossed, trying to find the light in my dark heart. So even, yeah, so, so that just further solidifies my point. Even with all of the success that I've had over the past couple of years, I still see 
within the weeds, the snakes are waiting, standing by for me to slip up, for me to, you know, fall to their mercy, to their legion. And I can't escape that no matter how hard I try. Like, it's just difficult to maintain your sanity, to maintain your goodwill and hospitality, to remain humble in an industry where the only thing people care about is money. And they'll get it by any means possible. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do for them. They only see you as a means to make money. So you have to really, really try to not lose your mind when you're dealing with these people because at the end of the day, they don't care about you. And the industry can be such a lethal and toxic place full of even more toxic people But this is the life that you kind of asked for and you can't really escape that once you get too deep into it. And it can be, and that's why a lot of famous people, you know, go crazy. People say, you know, oh, you got all the money in the world. You got all these women throwing themselves at you and you can travel the world. That doesn't mean shit because when you're on top, there are a million people looking down at you from the bottom. And at some point, one of them is going to fight, physically fight to take you out, to take your spot. So being on top doesn't do anything but make life even more difficult than it already is. And you add money in on top of that, people will do anything for money just to say that they have it. Not because they want to do something great with it, but just to say that they have more money than the next person. And I can't even imagine what that system must feel like for somebody who has struggled their entire life to get in a position to be stable just to have some other motherfuckers come along and say, you know, we finna fuck this up real quick. So, once again, this nigga Belly is beyond underrated. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal lyricist and a fantastic storyteller. Uh, I highly recommend going back and listening to any of these albums. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And you could even find something that you can personally connect to within any of these projects or lines of work thank you again for tuning in with me today i really really appreciate the listens and the support and until next time i will talk to you later